to the Live from Lake Balfour podcast. I'm Eddie Wasserman. Thank you guys for joining us. It has been more than five months since our last Live from Lake Balfour episode, but we are happy to be back for this New Year's edition. I'm joined back with the crew, Greg and Danny Silver. Guys, it's been a while. How you guys doing? Hey, What's up, Maddie? How, How you doing? doing? It's good to see you. Good to hear your voice. Glad to be back. Ready to talk some camp. Can't wait. Yep. Feels really good. Camp's right around the corner. Yeah, well, we've hit 2022, so we now have summer 2021 and that year in the rearview mirror. So with our first episode here of the new year, we're going to be talking about the schedule of camp. Now, the schedule is one of those things of camp. It really is the backbone of camp. It's what sets everything in motion. I think what makes Baco really unique in that every day you wake up and you don't know what your schedule is going to be for the next day. And I think we kind of, as campers and the counselors, take it for granted how the schedule is kind of implemented throughout the summer of camp. And every day it's different. new and exciting and fresh and of course greg and danny both of you especially greg have a lot to do behind the scenes for how that goes so greg why don't you first take us a little bit back for when you started making the schedule and how you kind of got into that and how it's evolved over the years well i'll give you a little like brief history is when i was a kid at camp bob wrote the schedule for a for a lot of years off and on and there was usually like like an older counselor that would write the schedule and it was usually like a one and done sort of thing it wasn't like a repeating job they would do it one summer when they were like a sixth year or something the schedule was a lot simpler then the camp was more days and there was just a little bit more flexibility and then there was a long period of time from the late 90s into the 2000s um or even mid 90s to the 2000s where, where mickey was writing the schedule and um and then I started it, I think, and Danny can clarify, I think the end of 2001, like I started writing it. And then in 2002, I was writing it with somebody. And then by the end of 2002, I was writing it solo. And then I've been writing it solo ever since. I lived in the waiter bunk in 03 and wrote it that summer. And then I moved out of the bunks after that. I've been writing it ever since. But since then, it's become like a whole different animal. So anybody that went to camp back in the day probably thinks it's very the same because it physically looks, I think, the exact same. I can't believe they had like Word or, you know, Excel or whatever it's printed on back then. But like it literally looks the exact same, the font and everything, the boxes, the grid, times are almost the same. Because I think like one of the parts of the schedule that's the most identifiable is kind of those signature wordings. Like I think of how you have like archery in the diagonal font or, you know, right, BCS right, right, going right. down across. And like that's what you feel like because it looks a certain way and it has that feeling when it has those. Are those, some, are those some, your some t- of that like are those? I, I, I adopted. Some of that stuff was like that before. But like I think I changed the way I write water ski. Um I think I changed the way I write like boating or canoeing, sailing, like, you know, there's a little couple of things, but some things like archery was written like that when I was a kid, for sure. I mean, I'm a big fan of the actual presentation of it, the penmanship, which maybe we can get into later, but the history of the schedule, you know, it's one of those things that's evolved a ton, but in many ways has stayed so similar. Uh, And now in this era, um, you know, I would, never ever take full credit for writing it even though i'm the one that physically writes it and i fill in a lot of the gaps and sort of keep track of who's had what and when and how many times danny and i meet pretty much every single night and go through like what the next day is going to look like because we you know everybody understands the power of it and the importance of it danny and i will like burn the midnight oil you know every night figuring out exactly just to get a perfect 
schedule. It's almost like getting the perfect ingredients into like the, into the, into the best possible meal every single time, because we know that every single day can, has the potential to be the greatest day of the campers lives and the counselors. So, um, there is a ton of effort and it's not just scribble words on a page for, at all. Not, and it hasn't been for a very long time, if ever. So Greg's obviously hit on about 45 different things here. I, I think, you know, someone who's listening to this that went to camp, you know, years and years and decades and generations ago, yeah, it does physically look the same. And it's not just the way archery's written. It's, you know, like Greg talked about it, it's literally the same exact um, template you know, for lack of a better term, like, you know, it's like how the bunk list always looks the same or how, you know, different things in camp that just haven't changed at, at you know, at all. And w- what's maybe written in those boxes might seem like it's those same words that were there, you know, in 1989 or in 1994 or whatever. But like Greg said, I think the moving parts and the vehicles that like, tr- that like drum up what's actually written has changed and evolved so much over the years. And, you know, some alumni that have children in camp that were actually the ones that wrote the schedule, you know, back in 1990 and 91 and 92, you know, like Boz and the Greenbergers and guys like that, you know, they always give Greg a hard time. Like, Oh, I did the job. You know, I, I know what it's like. (laughs) It is not the same. Like Greg said, you know, camps, you know, not as many days, but yet there's, more stuff going on now whether you know in a normal summer there's more intercamp there's more trips there's a higher expectation um and it is like a science project every day to get that thing right and i know at you know not all camps do i think you got two bald guys with scratchy voices staying up till two in the morning trying to make sure every single thing is right you know it's not put into a program and spit out you know we actually go through each day what each kid needs and what, you know, feels right. And you don't know that until, you know, the day, the, until the previous day is over. Yeah, so, a, lot, a lot of it also has to do with what the kids, you know, if there's a, a, a group of 12, 12 year olds that we know have a baseball tournament in two days, we're not gonna give them baseball, but we know that that age group really likes playing baseball. So we might have that make, give them leagues or, you know, or do some sort of, um, uh, other, you know, baseball competitive things. So like a practice for the tournament, you know, in the, after lunch, during rest hour, there's a lot of, pl- even though we don't plan the whole week ahead, we do look at what the kids are going to have and what they just had. And there's also the, the like camp, you know, camp is big, but it's like small enough. We can pay attention to every single kid. So we'll be exhausted the night before making the schedule and trying to just like finish it to go to sleep or just at least set it up so I can wake up super early and, and, and actually write it physically write it. And Daniel kind of reel me in and be like, what about, you know, this kid in bunk 11, like, let's look at his day and we'll go through the whole day. and be like, That's not good enough. Let's scratch it. And like figure out what to do with that age group at that time of day. And there's just being able to know the counselors as well as we do, because we raised them all, you know, they're when they were kids like you, Maddie, we're able to figure out how to, designate like magic every 45 minutes in the morning and every 50 minutes in the afternoon so you, i mean yeah, it's go. definitely more it's definitely more of an art than a science um it is and you can't really describe the potion or the magic that has to go in it you you have to be living it you know 
And that's why, you know, if you're on a trip one day or you're on a day off or something as a counselor, you walk back in, you feel like an alien that's been, you know, on, on another planet or you went to the moon and you, you feel like you're not, you know, you don't have your feet, you don't have your feet on the ground. You don't know exactly what everybody means, even if you're at, at a camp for half a day. That's why it's so important to like live the journey day by day by day to figure out, you know, what the cows house needs or what, you know, the kids that live up the hill need or what, you know, the kids in bunk nine need. It's, it's, it's actually one of the more re- re- rewarding and intellectually like just kind of challenging and, you know, parts of the, Oh, sorry about that. I was just watching the next buzzer beater. That was crazy. That was in real time. Yeah, well, we'll keep in. It's all right. Well, we'll keep in your next reaction. We're we're recording this on a Thursday night, so I think you make a good point with the schedule in that regard. And there's so many kind of quirks of the schedule because you mentioned like on the surface it looks one way, but I think there's so many ways where like I don't even know how what percentage of our listeners even know that the periods in the afternoon are five minutes longer. I have to admit it probably was a while until. I even knew that. And there's many parts of the schedule that have changed over the years. For example, we have the lunchtime, which has changed over the years in terms of how much time is allotted for each individual thing. And I think those little nuances are kind of things that are lost, but all of it combines in a way to create the pacing of each day and ultimately the pacing of the summer. Because as you said, you have to look at it on a day-by-day level of who, what is the schedule for that day, but also what does that person's week look like? What does that person's two-week outlook look like? So it's a lot of moving parts at once i've i've always been like blown away that maddie how many years you've been at camp uh nine nine years on a saturday morning when breakfast is not at 8 30 and it's at 8 15 how often do you actually remember that oh never you you would have no idea you never 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 even the group leaders need a reminder the night before. And it's, and it's not because they're like not thinking about the job. You're just so lost in the moment and you literally don't know what day it is. You know, we're having that much fun and we're in the moment that much that even though like you could be at camp for 20 years, 30 years and forget that breakfast is at 815 on Saturdays. There's probably people listening to this podcast that are like breakfast is at 815 on Saturdays. And then on Sundays it's at nine, which everybody remembers you know everybody remembers so things like that are really cool you know lunch the lunch bell was at 12 30 for a million years and then we pushed it to 12 20 uh i don't know how many years ago danny for the lunchtime counseling out 10 years ago 15 years ago something yeah like that. it was it, it was just a 12 30 bell and it was kind of like breakfast it was a free-for-all to just get to the dining room obviously you can imagine why we had to change that it just became like a big line out in front of the dining room. So, you know, probably a generation ago, we changed it to a twelve twenty bell to do like a, a quick, quick lunchtime lineup just to organize the crew to get in to the dining room. And then when we moved, we moved lunch back probably four or five years ago to 1245 um, from 1230. And uh, that was to, you know, kind of make daytime free play a little bit shorter, which I think has been a great change. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's such a – it's funny. The, the, the day is so routine when you look at it in black and white, but yet somehow something always catches somebody by surprise or some group of people by surprise. Yeah, so, so when you look at the more individual things and you're thinking about, like, how to fill out a kid's day – 
individually in terms of, you know, how competitive, because, right, because you're balancing a lot of things, especially the little kids who like sports, who doesn't like sports, who wants to be at arts and crafts all day, who wants to never touch the arts and crafts facility, who wants to be on the water, who wants to be on the courts. You have to balance all these kinds of things at once for all the different ages of kids and kind of know the tendencies of all of them. But my question is, with some of the activities, you know, with the terms of the frequency and how much you want to assign it, when you look at something like BCS or ski, how do you kind of gauge how often you want to assign it and for what periods and how do you kind of course that out? Over well, the course I think summer? that's I a great think, question. Maddie. Yeah, I think um, a couple things you got to take into account is obviously, you know, what they've, you know, what, what they did the day before and all the stuff that you would originally think of like programming wise, like, Oh, they haven't had leagues since last Saturday. They have to have leagues again, you know, just like the easier stuff. But I think the weather, and not just weather if it rains or if it's not, but I think how hot it's been plays into it. You know, you, you want to if, – if you're in the middle of a heat wave, you can't keep assigning leagues or intense things. Like, you, you, you almost have to take into account all five senses. Like, not just what they had yesterday and what the program should dictate, but, you know, what physically they can handle based on the other environment. You know, like – have they been on a you know have they been on trips the last two days so they need to get out there or has it been a million degrees so all that you know do they need like a, a, a down day it's not just about sticking to a larger program as much as it is like actually nailing what the body needs or what like the human needs i don't know if i'm really I, think, I, I, I think a, a lot of that is like figured out by the communication of the of me and danny and then like with the other admin and the group leaders because there's no way I can sense that. Now, Danny knows that a lot better than me because he's out on the courts with them. So the communication of the leadership at camp and the group leaders and the counselors, that helps mold it. And then there's also like, it's not like, oh, they already had you know basketball, but it's like, when did they have it? In the afternoon or in the morning? Was it in the Superdome? Was it with their own bunk or was it with the whole group? You know, so there's you know, it's all about the social interaction. And then there's the, the whole cog of electives, you know, like electives for the seniors really drives what the rest of the schedule for the rest of the kids have. Cause electives are so many activities, which means it takes up so many departments and so many facilities. So then you have to have the kids that are not in the senior division do something else and which is fine, but then you got to balance it the next day. So those kids aren't always getting voting in the morning. You know, you, they deserve to get voting in the afternoon sometimes too. Um, and then there's the other cog of activities that are like singular bunk, right? Which is only a few activities, like water skiing, right? Like you don't have that with the, like if you're in bunk six and your age group is bunks four, five, and six, you don't have to ski with everybody. You have it with just your bunk. And activities like arts and crafts and archery or a bunk hike, um, those activities tend to be a little bit smaller, which means you have to rotate it with, um, with whatever the other bunks have, you have to rotate it. So eventually when the week's over that they've all had everything together and the things individually. And then you have the very, and then you have the variable like, Oh, and these kids had rehearsal and these kids had practice and these kids didn't get it. So you need to give it to them again. So these kids get it. It, it, I mean, we're probably speaking a different language and probably a lot of this minutia is what people almost don't want to know but when greg and i sit there at night 
and this is what we talk about. This is what the conversation is, you know? So, you know, it just creates the canvas that makes camp go like whatever Greg ends up writing with, you know, a number two pencil in those boxes ends up creating the environment in which the kids make friendships and make memories and all the great stuff. It's, it's like Matt, Maddie, there's probably been a time when you were a camper, when I was up late with Danny writing the word, like canoeing down bunk, you know, 14's column. And I'm looking at Danny being like, you know what? Like Maddie Wasserman's going to make some friends during this double 50 minute, you know, this 50 minute times two period. And, uh, and that's what happened. And, that's what happens every day, you know? So when I'm pressing the pencil against the paper and directing campers where to go, it creates the magic. Uh, and, and it's and almost what end, happens in, it almost what happens not even always at the activities, but what happens in between walking from the lake to the Superdome. Like it's that journey of what, you know, the, the conversations you have and the jokes that are told and, you know, the trips to the bunk 13 water fountain on the way up, like all that stuff plays into it. And then in the end, you want to feel like, did this age group get enough tennis? Did they get enough leagues? Did they get on the lake enough? You know, when you leave in August, you want to make sure all those boxes are checked. And usually they are. And, you know, the answer to those questions isn't the same for every age group, you know, or for every kid. So, like like I said, it's really an art more than a science. And it's a day-to-day kind of feel. And this past summer, 2021, where we had a ton of rain the first half of the summer, it creates different challenges on the back end of trying to, you know, make sure they get all the stuff that they weren't able to get at the beginning of the summer. When we left, it felt like we did, you know? So we have a way of making it work out most of the time. Right. And to tie it into a little bit more specific activities, like something that I thought about is the frequency of Gaga on the spe- on the schedule, especially for young kids. But like the Gaga pit didn't exist a decade ago. So that has to obviously factor into your schedule. I'm not sure when like the prominence of like Levine Ball or something like that went from something that was like, like a niche activity to something that was mainstream and like on the schedule on a daily basis. So like things can evolve with the schedule too in that regard as different factors around camp change. There's very few things that I don't understand about camp. I don't understand how when I was like really young in the late 80s, when there was like, like hockey was not what it is now. There was no high ropes. The weight room was not like a place where the, that like was a busy facility. The, the dome was not the Superdome. There wasn't like regular daily activities in the dome like there is in the Superdome. Um, the... I'm sure we didn't have as many boats, you know what I'm saying? And the facilities were probably at least a little bit more limited or smaller. And we had either the same amount of campers or more. I don't know how, like, I don't know where all the kids went all the time. I just, I don't, like, I just don't know where they all went all, you know, you go to baseball for a period, where are all the other kids? You need more than one age group at baseball. Somehow the magic happens. I'm sure there was, you know, hikes and trips and whatever, but the necessary availability of facilities, uh, you know, it, it allows the schedule to be diverse enough and give, you know, the, obviously the arts program at camp, the fine arts and the performing arts and the music is like light years better now than it, than it was when I was a kid. And that provides a whole nother outlet um, for not only the creative kids, but also the kids that aren't creative yet that become creative at camp. So 
you know, the facility availability is a big one. And then we share stuff with Chanawa too. So, you know, we go to Chanawa for the climbing wall and they, in the, in the afternoon, and they come to Baco for the high ropes in the, in the afternoon. And Amy and I will communicate like, Hey, are you using this? Yes, I, I can personally attest to the popularity of co-ed tennis last summer. Yeah. Yeah. It was really popular. Right. So definitely a method to the madness and uh, it's it's a pleasure it's crazy like i write it every single night every single day for the past 20 however many years and there isn't a single time where it's even remotely the same as the day and i can look at last year's schedule and say oh how am i going to do you know other than visiting day which is like a little bit of a cookie cutter sort of because there's certain things that have to happen and there's just a shorter day but there's no day that's even close to being the exact same. There's always variables for a million different reasons. And there's, it doesn't matter how old they get, there's still like a joy and an energy and like uh, excitement about it. And, you know, Danny's incredible. He's so, uh, he sees colors that I don't see uh, when it comes to finalizing the product to make sure that every single kid is taken care of. Um, and then, you know, we hand it off to the other admin and the other department heads and group leaders that actually make it happen. And I think that role is, no, just as if not more important to make the schedule um, deliver. Right. But now to zoom out a little bit from because that's the day to day schedule. And obviously there's a little bit of things that can carry over from day to day. But I think what I want to get to now more is kind of how the schedule factors into more cyclically over the course of an entire summer. Because I think we've had this conversation over the years on this podcast in terms of how camp is kind of a rotating cycle on a summer by summer basis. But the schedule definitely plays a factor into that on a micro level and also more on a macro level. I got a question. I might be a little off topic here. So regular schedule, it's like 8.30 breakfast, then we go to clean up. First period starts at 9.45, second period 10.30, third period 11.15, ends at 12, right? On late Reveille days, are you a bigger fan of starting first period at 10.15? Oh, this is a good question. Do or, no, 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 wait, you're, no, no. You're, 10, you're, I'm sorry, 1030, 1030, 1115, and then 1115 to 12. Or are you a fan of that like weird way where it goes like 1015 to 1107 and then 1107 to 12? I'm a big fan of the 1015 to 1107. I, I, I think, think the morning periods in a lot of ways, just from a land sport uh, view, viewpoint, the morning periods are usually – you get better physical output from the campers. And I like having the longer periods then because I feel like when the campers are really humming in the morning and by the time the 45 minutes is over, you're really starting to hit your stride and it's time to go. I think that extra eight minutes, you could, you know, twice, you know, as opposed to 45 and 45, what is it? It's 53 and 53. I, I, I think you get much more out of that. I think on late Reveille days, if you're in the bunk cleaning up till 1030, even though it's only 15 minutes difference, I think it makes, I think. But, it, is, it, but is it worth the me having to do the whiteout on the schedule? But the thing is, is that you're, you're saying the whiteout, so your whiteout thing is under the presumption that anyone's looking at the time the fact, and the schedule anyways. No one knows it to begin with. Out, so you're not even. Out little, that, that whiteout thing has been on that shelf for 50 years and it's, it's like cologne. It's just never empty. <laughs> But, but you can't... I, I, I think, Greg, you asked a great question. I think obviously the longer periods are better 
but is it worth you and me having to let every single person, including Mickey, know that like the schedule's <laughs> changed five minutes after it's already been different? Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. That's a classic yeah. like example of how 15 minutes in camp is like, obviously at school, like Danny and I worked in schools, like 15 minutes is a legit chunk of time, but in like normal, like regular, like human 15 minutes is like kind of nothing, you know, like, I, I mean, at least in my world, it's like 15 minutes. Yeah. Everything's like, everything's, you can yeah. do nothing and it's 15 minutes. I can't 15 minutes. is like a lifetime, you know? Yeah. So you I know what, but like that actually, I, I think, and uh, I'm sure people that were our age back in the 80s probably took it as seriously as we, as we do now. But, but I feel like when I was a kid in camp, every just as a consumer of the product, every minute wasn't so important. And I'm sure the kids now don't feel that way. I mean, they shouldn't. But like for us, every minute, we're trying to schedule every minute, trying to squeeze maximum summer out of every single minute and that's why greg and i get hung, hung up on whether the period should go from 10 30 to 11 15 or 10 15 to 11 07 i mean these are things that we'll spend 10 minutes just talking about you know yeah so i mean we just did you know yeah. well i, I <laughs> but, feel like i mean there's also the but practice. that's what we're up against i mean like i said our, our expectation is so high we want everything to be maximum awesome so we really want to make that decision the right decision because we know it actually matters we and we, we can honestly say man honestly as we get we, deeper we into can the say summer it doesn't and, our, and, it and, we're, and when we get deeper into the summer and we're tired our expectation level goes even higher because like our tempers are shorter so we care even more when probably the rest of the camp community is like so loose and having fun and in the zone like they literally forget about not knowing what day it is. They definitely don't even know what time it is, you know? Like, they just know what day it is based on what meal it is. And meanwhile, Dan and I are like, it's 11.07, like, it's third period, come on. <laughs> well, there's also the practicality on a Sunday morning that there's probably a lot of leagues going on, and we could get into a whole different rabbit hole about, you know, league. Well, obviously, softball leagues or baseball leagues would probably be the double period to begin with. But for something like basketball leagues, where you might be rotating after one period, but it might be assigned to double period, you can ultimately end up with um, needing both those periods and needing the extra length of time. But again, that's something like no one will ever, pro people probably don't even know that that problem exists. And even if you did put in the schedule, no one would even think of it because no one knows the times to begin with. So that's under the assumption that like you guys are working in this rabbit hole where like no one else in camp even knows what time, like 10.30 to 11.15, like do people really know it's 11.15? Like they probably do, but do they think about it? Like, no. So What's so funny is like I'm, I'm such a detailed person and camp isn't always the best in some ways camp's a great place for me to like flex that because the schedule is so important but at other times it's so bad because no one sh no one in camp should really care about two minutes here and two minutes there you know that's just not the place for that but it drives me nuts when like my expectation is high and we're trying to be on this schedule and then like the bell will ring five minutes late you, you, you know and i'm sure you <laughs> working with bruno you know he's 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 like that too where you know you stress about the schedule and the whole thing goes up in smoke because the person in the office you know rang the bell at you know 11 10 instead of 11 07 and then everybody thinks wait is it 11 15 you know and then it's like and and then i just want to leave you know yeah like, like during orientation like bruno will sit down with me and be like greg 
the new office staff. Are you confident in their ability to ring the bell on time? You know, I'm like, yes, Bruno, I'm confident in a full grown adult being able to like keep to ring a bell to make sure children go from point A to point B, you know? Yeah, but those office ODs, though, you, you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The counselor's got to do it a little bit tougher. But, you know, it's just camp's one of those things where, like, like Danny said, you, we take these things so seriously because, A, it's just like, you know, we're just like kind of OCD that way, but also because, like, we know how critical it matters. It, it matters. matters. Right. And I think like one more point that I want to hit on is when you, the moment when you walk down with the schedule at the, at the very end, because we talked about this whole process, you guys meet at night and then you draft in the morning and it's all this type of logistics that go on behind the scenes. But the moment when that behind the scenes work becomes public on a daily basis, right before, usually right before breakfast, or maybe it's during breakfast, but it's before breakfast. Well, right. it's well, after the breakfast bell rings, but it's before breakfast. Yes, you come out with the schedule. And I remember, I have a very clear memory of the first day I was ever in camp, 2013, my first summer. The first day, you know, because you don't know what's going on. It's the first day of camp. I've never been there before. But you follow the crowd when you're a little kid. And when I was a little kid, you follow the crowd. And the crowd is around you walking with the schedule on the first day of camp. And, you you know, you have the copies for the group leaders. And you have, like, a few extra copies. And I remember you handed me a copy of it. And, like, I didn't know that that was, like, cool. But, like, then, like, people started surrounding me. And I have this clear memory of the very first day of camp, you handing me a schedule. Because I guess I was, like, new, like, trying to hook me up. And, like, that was your way of hooking me up at the very beginning. The first day was handing me a copy of the schedule that I probably couldn't read. I didn't know what was going on. It was the first day I'd ever been at camp. But I have this clear memory of that. And that serves as kind of my base for, like, when I see the hysteria around surrounding you. Like, what's our schedule going to be this day? And it's, like... Guys, the schedule's like kind of the same. Like you're on tennis fifth period, and then you're gonna have Levine ball. It's like how Rank different can it really? Like there's not that many guys. Like there's not that many options we can kind of go to on this list. But that being said, every day it's exciting, and that's my memory of it. But for you, you're in it. You're in the moment every day where that schedule comes out, and you're surrounded by the kids trying to find it. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever thought about this actual like specific fact about it. It's every single morning. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Mobbed. It's a daily basis. I get fully mobbed. It's almost like that scene on, I don't know how many of our listeners know the movie Willy Wonka and the, Char- and the Chocolate Factory well, but when Charlie gets the golden ticket and everyone's trying to like, you know, protect him as he like runs home with it. It's almost like that where they're like, they're like running up to me and, but they're not being threatening. You know, they're like, they want it, but they're not going to like, violate my my personal space to get it it's almost like a respectful like rules of engagement they know they can run up to me and scream and yell and beg for stuff but they know like where to draw the line and when i go up to the board to put it up there's there's a little bit of like logistical like physical logistics like i'm holding this many schedules obviously have to put it up like perfectly symmetrical and you know i got the blue pin the white pin, or the yellow pin, the blue pin, the yellow pin. I got to make it good while, you know, a kid in bunk seven is holding my stack of 25 schedules, which is like a big deal. It's like, yeah, it, it, you know, having him hold, it's like having him hold a lot of money and, and have him not run away, you know? And, and then comes the challenge of all the kids asking me for a copy, which is like, honestly, in a day filled with unbelievable challenges to make sure camp goes well, this one's right up there at the top. Like, who do I give one to? Who do I not? 
and I end up being a sucker and I, you know, I give it to pretty much everybody and then, I, and then I'm out of schedule before I get to the dining room. So by like day five or six, I have to start rating it in. Cause I, I'm not like, I just don't want to waste that much paper. Cause where are these schedules actually going? You know, but I always give a, Great one copy to the group leaders. I give a copy to the group leaders, give a copy to every one of the admins waterfront, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I usually leave a couple on my desk because I don't like going into the original archive to get out the the original copy to make copies if I ever need to. Because making a legal copy at camp, a legal size paper copy at camp, <laughs> it's like it, it, it's you need like it's a like clear code. Yeah. yeah, it's really hard to make it happen, you know. So that actual that experience is hilarious every single day. And there are certain kids, and I don't want to name campers' names, but there are certain kids over the years that every day for years will take the schedule and they will keep it. I feel like you were probably one of those kids, Maddie, but I know a parent of a kid who's been in camp for like four summers now, maybe. And she was going through her kid's backpack. The mom was going through her kid's backpack during the pandemic, like last year, maybe like, I don't know, two, whatever, like when the year we didn't have camp and, uh, and found every schedule that I've ever written since he had been in camp in his backpack he was taking him to school every single day you know like that's i mean I, i'm not gonna call it crazy because i feel like I'd, I'd probably do that but uh it's it's flattering you know that that kids care about it that much and it's almost like they know how important it is it's not just about feeling special it's about how important the the, the yeah, i mean is. it's basically currency you know um you know if it's something that greg puts on the board he's surrounded and hands to admin and there's a finite amount of copies and it means and it's basically the code for the day like it's it, it's it's a pretty good scene when greg saunters down from the office and you know and has it and he's shaking it you know and <laughs> yeah and all it is is just a bunch you know it's the same looking paper with greg's good penmanship that just wrote you know he, he he wrote some activities in some boxes and it's gonna you know lead lead the way well, if you were if you were a smart kid, like which is the most annoying part of you know? Because it's not it's not really that big of a walk. I mean, let's be real. From your place in the office to the board, I mean, you know, it's a it's, it's you know fifty hundred feet, but it's not it's not a long walk. But like, what is the most annoying part of that walk to be stopped right at the office? Like when you're at the board, surrounded. It's a great question. It's a great question. So there's the pre-struggle. So like when I'm in, so I get up really early. And the schedule's already been written in my head, but the actual art of writing it, you know, there's not a lot of peaceful moments for me at camp, right? I'm always busy. I'm always communicating with other humans, usually with Danny or whoever. And it's a pleasure, but, you know, everybody needs their downtime. My downtime is actually writing the schedule, which sounds ridiculous because I have this Zen moment of slowly and perfectly writing in pencil, in printing letters, the schedule and so i get that zen moment that moment of clarity and then while i'm sort of like at stage seven of ten there's kids start knocking on the windows you know it's like knocking on the windows like the i've not seen this yeah, is like this a, is really it's like the zombie, it's yeah. like the zombies have like woken up and they're you know clawing at the windows and can i come in i want a copy sometimes like the ones <laughs> that are kids that are really confident will actually walk into the office and like you know, are that, you done that takes yet? some. Like, that takes yeah. You know, if I if I was done, I wouldn't be in the office. You know, so so. <laughs> Wait, when people then, really come in. Comes, people then, walk in oh, your yeah. office and ask you. Maddie, yeah. you probably did it too. Yeah, and yeah, of course. 
And it's, it's the same, you know, it's like a specific kind of kid and they're always great. And a lot of times they're very helpful. You know, they'll, they'll give me some ideas or they'll, you know, take some copies somewhere for me or whatever. Um, take, carry some thumbtacks down with me if I need more push pins or whatever. But then, you know, I'll, 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 I'll make the copies, which is like a whole nother part of the journey. And, you know, cause legal copies at camp, like I said, it's like a big deal. You gotta push different buttons and it's not just, 25 and press start it's a little bit different and then i go out the main door of the office and the crowd usually starts doing the beehive thing by the canteen steps between the canteen steps and the board yeah that's uh, the there's a lot of hot chocolate yeah. yeah there's always the risk of hot chocolate being spilled on the schedule which you know that would freak me out um there's the you know, there's always, it can be like cold out. There's a kid in shorts and a t-shirt. Like, what are, you know, how are you wearing that? It's freezing outside. Uh, and, and then there's the, the crowd around me at the board and no one's brushed their teeth at that point. So the whole, it's just, a, you know, it's very, not the <laughs> most pleasant smelling environment. Um, but then once I get that one on the board, then that, that, that releases the crowd a lot. And well, then the crowd just transfers start. from you to the board. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I think one thing that's happened, you know, the last two or three years, we've tried to have a lineup before breakfast, but not like a counseling lineup, just like the very brief lineup outside the dining room, which we did as kids. And Greg's trying to get the attention of the camp to make, you know, the pre-breakfast announcements, which yeah. usually that lineup is what, two minutes? Maybe, yeah. But, but Greg needs this station, usually a long-armed counselor in front of the board to make sure that no one's going to the board and they're locked in on Greg during his, but the, but the best part group. of the long arm counselor that is trying the, the best part of that counselor is that while that person's doing it, they're also like looking themselves, like when they're of assigned course, that yeah. day. So the schedule, it's like a Mac. You can't deflect someone from it that far, because even the people that are in theory trying to guard it, like they got to get their look too. about well, what, they're what I also find amazing is the herd of people that surround Greg, the herd of people that look at the board, the herd of people that then, try to look at the board during announcements. And then after breakfast is over, everyone does what? They go out of the dining room and do what? They go to the board. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, some people go to the board three or four times, you, you know, before. Well, we can you know, have a larger conversation about like why people, people look at the board, even though there's nothing to look at on there the board. Could like, be like a full podcast on just the concept of why people stand by the board. There could be nothing on the board and people just stand there and look at it. It's almost like a beautiful waterfall. You know, like you stand there and look at it as if it's like one of the seven wonders of the world. They got to reread, they gotta reread that yeah. 12 soccer roster back and forth. Like, yeah, there's incredible. nothing new. There's been nothing for two days, but you got to just reread that. There's like, nothing there. Are you looking at the packing buddy list from last summer? Like, come on. <laughs> yes, incredible factoids about the board, which has fascination, and that all ties back into the schedule and, like, why it's such an important part of camp that because you, you have all the logistics behind the scenes, but once it gets out in the open, everyone's focused on what they have today, but, like, hey, like maybe there's senior leagues this day. Well, now do I, like, need to go check out that during a certain period and, like, maybe you strategically assign Levine Ball at the same time as senior leagues, so, like, what's going on there? Oh, that like, stuff you, happens, by the way. The other thing is to, um, to some of, like, our older campers, like, when you wake up as an up-the-hill camper, you kind of know what you're going to have the next day, at least some of it, because you had a piece in writing it, sort of. You know, like the, you know, the, the, the older kids, know, they might not know what electives they're going to have, but they know probably they're going to have electives. They kind of know when leagues are coming. You know, when you're up the hill, you have a little bit more, uh, 
you know, you have a little bit more skin in the game and you have a little bit more say. But when you're young, I mean, it's like opening presents on Christmas. You know, you you literally have no clue what's going to be on that piece of paper. Right. Um, but when you're up, but when you're up the hill, you can kind of, you know, you have a little bit of a feel. It's one of the, yeah, you it's one of the joys of anyway. camp. You know, it, does, it doesn't matter what the kids are looking at. They're psyched at It's really cool, you know? Really, really cool. Yes, for sure. And part of it's just, like, people people will do anything. But there's so many things around camp, especially with the little kids, where it's, like, you're really – like, people will line up outside the dining room for meals. It's like, hey, you know, we switched to a lineup where you actually aren't going to get your bagel quicker because you lined up outside. But things just happen at camp, and it's just when – as I mentioned with my anecdote before about when I got the schedule on that first day and I had no idea what was going on, like – you may not know what's going on, but, like, you know it's something important is happening. And, again, like, the level of importance is camp. What's deemed important to nine-year-olds at camp is not necessarily actually important. But what what you think is important is because what everyone else is doing. And people caring about the schedule is definitely at the top of the list of things in terms of what people care about. And, again, like, I mentioned this a little bit before. It should be. It should be. It yeah, should like, be the, the design of the schedule. And, like, you mentioned a lot that say the same, but just, like, Greg, like your handwriting, like have you always had that level of handwriting, or is that something you developed? Because I feel like the like. Uh, I mean, I haven't always had it. You know, it's definitely I wasn't born with it. But my mother has like ridiculous yeah, I, handwriting. I would say it's 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 genetic. I mean, I don't have it the way that Greg does, but it's definitely in the family. Like yeah, my, Leslie my mom has definitely it. has it. Um, but I will also say that um, I think once people started to notice it, I think Greg took a little bit more pride in it. If you probably look at a schedule from 2005, it probably doesn't look as as awesome as it does in 2021. I think uh, I, Greg's definitely gotten better. And also, you know? my my other question about again, like the physical piece of paper, is how you fill the space in between the morning periods and the afternoon periods. Because as you said, the grid always stays the same, and it always looks the same no matter what era. But how you fill that time period? Because you know, like during certain summers when you just have like one of those, let's say, like it's a Tuesday in you know, late July, and there's just a million people at a camp, and inner camp here, and these people are going on a trip somewhere, and these people are out here, and there's golf, and whatever it is, you have a million things that fill that kind of middle section of all these, like, music at rest at, like, all these things in the middle, but sometimes, like we had last summer, there's just not that many, like, things going on that are outside of the regular schedule where you need to fill that space, and you put the quotes, so I want to know, when did the start where you would put quotes or other writing on well, the schedule and how you fill that part of the schedule. Well, going, going to the first thing you said about like those crazy days when there's a million people out of camp and like the, what those kids are doing is just as important as what the kids in camp are doing. Right. And so I try and really focus on doing special things for them. Like one year we did like weasels, measles versus waxes, pox or like cereal bowl day or, you know, these different like challenges that we've done to make sure every single day is special. Uh, that's fun. It's hard, but it's fun. As far as the quotes, that was that happened before me. I think Mickey used to do that, but like, you know, pre-internet, it's tough. You know, you actually have to think of them. But now it's like I could, you know, there could be zombies will, banging on the I window. Will, and I'm I will still say, if we're quote. talking process, it's it's the last thing that he does. It's when the he's last like, thing I did. When the bells rang and the coffee and the uh, and the copy machines like warming up, and I'm like ready to walk out because I want my chocolate chip pancakes. Greg's always like, find me a quote. I mean, it's literally the last thing. Yeah. What and about the, what about, know, quote, we, we'll usually, we'll usually like, like our fallbacks like, like Patrick Johnson or Kobe Bryant or something. Yeah, It's kind of like the ribbon or like, you know, it, it's like the ribbon on top of the present. It, it's, it's. 
sometimes, sometimes sometimes we do it the night before or the day before we'll see we'll hear a kid say something ridiculous and we'll like put it in the memory bank but it's usually internet the day you know if it's a sunday i'll look up sunday quotes or you know the, the internet is, is it usually has a purpose to it like if we kind of feel in the wind that you know, it's like when I write the quotes, when I make the team list, it's I was like about to get to that the quote on the team list is always has something to do with that group or whatever that team is set to do. The schedule is kind of the same way. You know, it, it has some un, under meaning most of the time. Also, the thing yeah, with, like, if the time. like if it's a day of like if it's a day of 12 and under hoops, if it's 12, I'll be like, this is it. This is the Garden of Eden. Daniel LaRusso. So his mom, Karate Kid, 1984, you know? But also, sometimes it's a little bit more like incognito, but it has some deeper meaning. It, it, very rarely is the quote, like an empty just quote thrown off. You're, you're, oh, yeah, you're working with two advantages at the same time. First of all, people are glancing at the quote. They're not. You, you can really say whatever. And if you don't get the quote, people just be like, oh, like someone else gets the reference and I just don't. And you'll move on with your life. Second of all, no one has the internet. So you're you're really on like an uneven playing field because you're sitting in the office, have the schedule, air conditioning in the office, there's Wi-Fi. You've asked the internet to find the quotes, to do whatever. The people looking at the schedule, they don't have the internet. They can't look up the quotes even if, if they wanted to or anything like that. So it's kind of an uneven playing field, I feel like. And I feel like that's true with your Yeah, quotes. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes it just ends up being an inside joke between me and Danny. That, yeah, like, and everyone Bruno's, just that, like Bruno's that. looped in on, or like you know you're looped in that, like you know that that we're like really we're laughing about the day before, the morning of, and like we're not interested in it being funny to anybody else. But usually it has to do with whatever's going on that day in camp. Usually, yes, the quotes definitely um give you some leniency there and for anyone that didn't get the 12th quote just re refer you back in the archives to our episode we did i think last march about 12s basketball so any last thoughts on the schedule or kind of the cycle of camp and stuff we hit on before we uh, get out of here no but it definitely got me excited for camp i know it's like you know we're getting a snowstorm tomorrow a lot of us are like we're, we're in the dog again, days but yeah. like this is this has got me excited excited for the summer and so uh uh Maddie, it's uh, you know always a pleasure doing doing these, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed this and started to get their head in the game for the summer. Yep, for sure. Happy to get back in the groove of doing these things. And thank you guys for listening. As I said, I know it's been a while since we've done one, but hopefully we'll be doing this with a little bit more frequency over the next few months as we approach summer 2022. So now for Greg and Danny Silver, I'm Maddie Wasserman signing off, and we will see you next time on the Life from Lake Balfour podcast.